everybody, this is Charlie from After Apps, and you are listening to today's Food Doggle. This is Mark Metcalf, and you are listening to today's Food Doggle with Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. You are listening to today's Food Doggle with Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. Yes, Kato Kalen listens to this all the time. Reformatory with Slipknot, Limp Biscuit, Pantera, plus Full Beat, Megadeth, Lamb of God, In This Moment, Highly Suspect, and more. Hurry and get passes now at incarceration.com. Incarceration. So come and get it. Get it. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle. And real quick housekeeping note, if you are watching us on uh, YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, or BitChute, please hit that follow and subscribe button. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, all the podcast platforms, please hit that follow and subscribe button so we can continue to bring you types of conversations like the one I'm about to bring you right now with Miss Dorothy Martin, what's up? Hey, what's happening? So yeah, we were just talking before uh, going on. We got it. We got a busy, uh, you know, uh, next couple days. So uh, getting ready for the Sonic te- to head to the Sonic Temple down in Columbus, Ohio festival. Um, but uh, usually, when I have somebody on for the first time, I like to get a quick background. So, do you remember originally what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, a singer. <laughs> so I did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't think it was possible, but uh, it is, you know, go figure. If you if you have a little bit of faith and you take some steps towards that dream, you know, go figure you can you can accomplish it. So here we are. Yep. Put your mind to it and do it. <laughs> That's um, right. So when was it that you, do you recall like that uh, music kind of captured you and like singing and performing, you know, you knew that was where you wanted to go? You know, I, I always liked to sing. I would try to sing everything that I I was listening to on the radio or on records. Um, And I really thought it was about music and about singing, but it's really more about connecting with people and uh, writing songs that give them you know, reasons not to kill themselves, basically, like I have, and, and it's not me, I'm just, I'm just here as the, the vessel to write the songs. And um, that's what music does for people, it gives them hope. So it's really much bigger for all of us than, than we think, you know, when you when you really think about it, it's a lot bigger than just music. It's about connecting and, and bringing people hope. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. You're, you're definitely speaking uh language of my heart right now. Um, 
that's uh you know a path a journey that i've been on where where it's like you know why i've fallen in love with music and getting to know artists and like you know our finding our purpose you know in life and uh mm -hmm. it's awesome that you uh you know discovered yours at such an early age do you remember who were some of the artists that originally influenced you yeah i had you know all sorts of vinyl records i was listening to a lot of motown and oldies and you know aretha franklin and um you know uh, all the classic rock bands pink floyd dark side of the moon was one of the first records i listened to um and janice joplin was the first female rock and roll artist that i resonated with so i had a very eclectic musical childhood nice now i i have to ask this one has anyone ever asked you uh if dorothy was ever a fan of toto growing up <laughs> no one's ever asked me that but no yeah no and i actually know uh steve luke their son trevor who did a few songs on my record and um talk about a talented family he was he was great he's an amazing guitar player amazing writer and producer and um it must run in the family so nice yeah that was my bad dad jokes coming out um <laughs> it's okay i happen to be a uh, a father of two daughters so i love interviews like this you know because uh it, you know i love to hear like you know what kind of molded you to get into being out there and performing and what kind of inspirations that uh you have and what kind of messages you can share with young women uh coming up i mean that's but, awesome what's it like raising two daughters i mean um it's you've got uh, to be pretty protective right oh very much so yeah and um you know but it's also taught me a lot about myself you know and uh how to uh, how to adapt uh you know uh to open my heart up and and adapt to their like love languages and how to connect better with with my daughters it's not like i was raised by a world war ii marine you know so it was always yeah. and i was i served in the military so it's not always like you know, tough it out and throw dirt on it, you know, and suck it up, you know? And, right. Well, uh, they, thank you for your service too. Um, thank you. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, everyone's different. And, and um, exactly that does, that technique doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. So they've so taught me a lot about myself as well. And uh, it's been, it's been quite the journey. Um, but uh, like, what was the music scene like in your uh, hometown growing up? Well, I grew up in San Diego and, you know, we were listening to a lot of like the offspring and Blink-182, they're local or they're from around here. Um, and I would go to the record store and just get used CDs with my whatever little money I had, like my allowance when I was a kid. Um, and I would buy all the all the rock, like, you know, when Audio Slave came out and stuff like that. And I was listening to everything, punk, rock, metal. Um, even pop, even country, you know, I, I listened to it all. And, and the scene here was, um, we don't have a whole ton of venues. I mean, we got the house of blues down in San Diego. We have Kane's bar and grill and we have, um, the Casbah. Um, but you know, if you want to go to a, a show, you got to go to LA more or less. And so I, my first concert was blink 182 and, um, and then after that, I was just, I was more of just listening to music that I could find rather than being, being in any sort of scene. Gotcha. 
And then, um, so you, when did like Dorothy come together and you start actually like playing out as a band? That was in late 2014 when we started playing in East LA um, clubs and bars. And then uh, shortly thereafter, we started touring. And was this your first uh, uh, band that you ever played out with or was there any in high school and stuff like that? Or I didn't even do music in high school. I did uh, school choir. I did sing the national anthem at my graduation. I'm pretty sure I butchered it. Um, and because <laughs> it was like the first time I'd ever, you know, staying in a big open air space like that with, uh, you know, reverb coming back at you. And I didn't have in ears and it's trippy. Um, yeah. And now I'm used to it now, you know, being on stage with the band, we have all our gear and it's, it's cool. It's I'm used to it. And it's, um, it's good to just like let go and perform, but I did choir. Otherwise I really didn't start getting into the band thing until later in life when I kind of had a crisis and, and I couldn't live the way I was living. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted, wanted to do with myself. I hadn't graduated from college. I didn't have a degree or any sort of career. So I sort of just built this career from the ground up. I, you know, I wasn't like an actor or I didn't transition from any other sort of, you know, career or place that could have helped me. I just sort of, I don't know. I knocked on, on doors. I, I cold called people and I was like, Hey, do you know, uh, any producers, I, you know, I want to get in the music industry and write and start a band and, and it sort of just, the doors started opening. So again, with the faith thing, yeah. if you don't think you can do it, I mean, you have to try and you'd be surprised. At least in I my love- story, I feel very blessed that it, it worked out, but, um, but it's been like nine years now, so it's not overnight. Yeah, I, I love uh, having conversations like this. My oldest daughter was in show choir and stuff in high school. And now she's in college doing choir. And, you know, this is one of her dreams. So this is definitely going to be a episode. I'm like, all right, take some notes, you know. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but, but the hustle, you know, behind it, you know, stepping out. And, you know, like you said, the faith is a big thing, but you have to put in the works behind having the faith. And uh, you were able to do that and, and you ended up, you know, catching, you know, getting the band performing and then catching the ear, I guess, of, of Jay-Z and getting signed by him. Like, Want to share on that story or? Sure. Yeah. I, um, it was like through a friend of a friend, my manager's friend that worked at Rock Nation. So she got us a meeting and we had actually shot the After Midnight music video, very low budget or zero budget. It was like favors from friends in a rehearsal space and we had the song and, um, and he liked it. So, so we started talking about writing for artists on their label and then it turned into getting a record deal and being an artist myself. So, um, they were like, yeah, just go in the studio and make an album and rock is dead was born. (laughs) Nice. And that was the first, uh, studio album. And then you toured on it and got some experience. What was that, uh, you know, like, going on your first tour like uh you know this is what you wanted but then were there any kind of like things where you're just like oh my gosh is this really what I wanted or yeah yeah that was a rude awakening um our first tour actually was opening for Miguel um and the the lack of sleep and you know when when you don't have a bus you're in a van or a a bandwagon it's not glamorous it's exhausting and um I can't believe adults do it you know it's one thing when you're 
teenagers and you have a band and you're playing the warp tour um yeah you know and then and then whatever happens after that happens after that but yeah it was it was like this is really a grind it's hard you know so you have to really love it and you have to i guess that has to be your purpose if you're gonna stick with it yeah for sure and then uh so now you uh you've been at it for a while you've you've just released your third and latest record or or you or it's been out for like what uh a year. It, we just had our one-year anniversary of Gifts from the Holy Ghost, and we played a. It was really cool. Slash joined us at the Troubadour in LA. We played a sold-out show there, and we finally yeah, played that. the title track for the first time. We, I mean, we've been touring this record for a year, and we've never actually played Gifts from the Holy Ghost. And then, you know, Slash was like, "Hey, you know, like, would you you want to play a song together?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's let's do Gifts from the Holy Ghost." Um, and what so a gift a, from the Holy Ghost that was to have Slash up there performing. <laughs> that's <with you>. right. <laughs> I really feel like that was a, such a blessing, you know, and he's so cool. Um, so the fans loved it. I mean, no one was looking at me. Yeah, at I, watched, I, I watched the video and I wanted to ask about that as well, like how that came to be, because like, uh, you know, I mean, I graduated high school back in 91. I think Appetite for Destruction was kind of fairly new back then. One of the greatest concerts I ever went through, you know, was Guns N' Roses and Skid Row here in Ohio and just huge fan. The second tattoo I ever got when I was in the Navy was a Guns N' Roses tattoo. So what a, I mean, I was, I was very envious seeing, seeing you up on stage with them, but that was amazing. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, and, and stay tuned because we have some stuff that we're going to put out. That's all I can say. I can't say what it is or. You know, but there's more more slash stuff coming. Awesome, awesome. So, they, how did that come together for that night at the Troubadour? How, I, honestly, I don't even know. I feel like, uh, oh, you know what? I I did a song with Mike Clink, um, who produced Appetite for Destruction for um, Music Cares, the charity, and it was you know record the song and then any of the proceeds of of the song when they put it out go to the charity. So that's how it happened because they were working together and they know each other and it came through Mike. So then we that's, just started a friendship, music friendship, which was really cool. Nice. Yeah. That's an amazing organization. I, uh, I'm, uh, myself, uh, in recovery, uh, um, 14 years now sober and stuff. But back when I was, uh, you know, in the Navy running, running wild, you know, and getting Guns N' Roses tattoos, uh, not so much, but, uh, <laughs> not like, sober. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like I said, part of the changing of my heart and my life, you know, with, uh, being a girl dad, you know, played a role That's and now awesome. I got 14 years and made a lot of amazing friends in this, in this world of recovery. Well, congrats. That's such a blessing. You made it. Yeah. And, uh, I wanted to ask too, like for the uh, the album "Gifts of the uh, Holy Ghost," um, "Gifts from the Holy Ghost" was uh, what what was you know like? Did you have like a theme going into that, or like what was what was the motivation to name that album that? It was um, well, um, making the album happened at a very strange time because of the pandemic stuff. Um, and I was in Brooklyn during lockdown, walking to the studio and, um, I woke up in my hotel room and the first thought that popped into my head was gifts from the Holy ghost. 
it was like somebody had downloaded it into my brain and I was like, what's that mean? You know, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know, I didn't know about the Holy Ghost at the time. Now I do. Um, and it just sounded cool, but I wrote it down and I, I said, I think that's the album title. And uh, that's how, that's how we named the, the album. But then I, I took that phrase and I wrote the, the rest of the song, the title track, which was just gibberish. At, at that point, it was just a voice memo with a guitar riff. Um, and then it turned into this really beautiful message about the grace of God and how, how we're on assignment here. And <clears throat> everyone, you know, when I say we are gifts from the Holy Ghost, we can embody if we choose to. Yeah. We can embody the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we can be vessels and we're human and we mess up and, you know, sober, not sober, you know, um, honest, dishonest, we, uh, you know, walk in the path or veering off the path. I mean, the important thing is that you correct and try to get back on the path as soon as you step off of it. And yeah. that's how I live my life is like when I start to stray from, from God's will, I do my best to pull myself back in. And if I can't pull myself back in, I ask him for help. Um, so, and the song is about letting that the spirit of God lead your life. And it can really mean whatever, you know, whatever you listeners want it to mean for you, however you interpret it, that's, that's on you. But uh, when I wrote it, that's kind of where I was coming from. Subconsciously, I was just let, you know, cause I had had so many cool supernatural encounters uh, with God and the Holy Spirit and demons and they're real, you know, yeah. I'm born again, Christian. I was saved in rehab in Nashville and, um, it was, it was, awesome. a, it's crazy. The stuff I've seen. I mean, I, I don't have, I've seen multiple miracles. Um, and so it's real. And I never thought I'd be talking about it or writing songs about it, but here we are. And that's, that's my way of trying to put those seeds into a song. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, uh, the beauty about being on this journey that we're on is our, our connection with a higher power, knowing that, you know, we are vessels and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, do give, give our will to God every, every day when we, before we step out of the house. And, and I, that, that download, I, it sounds like it was a gift right from the Holy ghost, just giving you the title song title there. Yeah. And it's the second time. It's the second time something like that has happened to me where I've, almost audibly, not really, but inside, you know, in your spirit, um, have heard the Holy Spirit speak to me like that. And that first time I wasn't saved. Um, I wasn't, I was definitely struggling. I had, uh, I had breast implants and they were making me sick. And so I was always feeling not well. And I kept, you know, I, I never prayed. I was never like, God, you know, help me. What's going on? I would just, always wonder like, what's wrong with me? Why do I not feel well? I woke mm. up one morning and the same, that same voice almost, you know, said to me, get your implants taken out. And I, yeah. I was like, that's a weird thought to have, you know, cause I, I didn't make the connection. So I started researching it and sure enough, it's, you know, breast implant illness is a real thing. And but it was like a, it was like God lined this whole thing up for me with the right doctor at the right time, got me in immediately. I had the surgery and I got to recover before lockdown, before COVID, um, you know, and all hell broke loose. But um, that I think was a, just the grace of God. To get yeah. Me and to me, to the, the message I'm getting from that is like, God was also saying like, I created you perfectly. 
you know, why did you <laughs> yeah. alter, you know, my creation? Yeah, and I, I got that, to, yeah. You know? It, I, it, was, it was only after I had them out and went through this whole experience that I realized, why would you ever, you know, do that to your body? And that's pretty barbaric. And um, because it came from a place of pain and insecurity and something I was trying to fix. And, you know, it took coming out the other side to, to realize that. Yeah, you but know, I, I, I wouldn't change the experience. I, I learned from it, and I, I like my scars, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Oh, I agree too. Now, the longer I've been on this journey, and I look back at a lot of uh, the wounds and the, you know, there, I carried shame and guilt for a number of years of the things I'd done in the past, but I had to go through that to be more grateful. I was just uh, getting my hair cut yesterday, and I said a little prayer in my head for the 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 girl that was cutting my hair because. Um, you could tell she's had some work done, you know? Mm -hmm. And and I was like, well, in my heart, I, my heart felt for her like, well, why did she feel that she wasn't good enough that she had to do that? And I don't know, you know, I'm not trying to place judgment, this, that, and the other or whatever, but I was just like, my heart kind of hurt for her and I just prayed inside, you know, for her at that moment. I don't know, it's just sometimes God gives me these nudges and I, and I do, you know, I, I have to obey, you know? Yes, that's right. That's that's exactly, I couldn't have said it better myself. I get the nudges too. And when he nudges me, I obey um, every time because he compels you in a way that it's it's impossible not to. And you want to serve him and you want to, it's, it's really cool when you get those moments of um, being compelled to do something for someone. And um, in my experience, usually it's followed by a, a blessing of some sort. So yeah, for sure. I, I, um, you know, I mean, this wasn't kind of like the conversation I had had lined up, but I love where it's going because I feel like it's being <laughs> spirit led right now as well. But, you know, I'm uh, you know, I've struggled with, you know, after getting sober, you know, I, it, you know, alcohol was just a symptom for some of my other struggles and my time in the military. I carry PTSD and social anxiety and stuff like that, you know, where it's just like having conversations with people were always tough. I get, you know, so doing doing this podcast has been like healing for me and also something I feel like that, you know, being raw and vulnerable and, and being real on it has been, and I've heard from others how much some of these conversations have helped, helped other people. And I've actually had people in my church, in my church recovery for a little while that I've kind of pulled away from because sometimes the, the hardest things for to get a relationship with God, the, the biggest obstacles can be other Christians sometimes, I feel like. That's right, you know? yeah. Well, the religious spirit, yeah, the religion. Yeah. Part, yeah, and they're like, I don't know if you should be, you know, you should be more, you're, you're there with secular music and uh, whatever, you know, but the longer I've obeyed this and followed this path, the, the relationships and the, the blessings continue to come you know, uh, from, from my relationship with God. So, uh, and having this conversation right now, I feel I'm being blessed by it. Um, talking with you about this. So, um, well, that's really good. And, and me too, actually, you saying that is, is interesting because I've recently pulled away from my church recovery group and I think I just probably need to go back and, and stay in and, you know, get that, uh, fellowship. Yeah. So I mean, I, I need to hear that. Yeah, I've I've stayed connected with other AA groups. I did take a uh, a step away from my my Christian one, um, and maybe and there are some, you know, maybe some relationships and conversations I still need to have. But I've been uh, really like you know connected with a good AA circle um, that that have helped me, you know, um, 
you know, uh, you know, so I stay, I stay, I staying grounded, but, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe this conversation means is something that both of us needed to hear to, um, you know, cause if, if people don't know what they don't know, and if we don't bring it up to them, you know, right. In a loving well, way. there's no accidents in God's kingdom. And this is funny. Uh, it does feel spirit led. Yeah. I think God's <laughs> telling me to kind of clean it up a little. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, speaking of like cleaning it up a little, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, because I, I, I feel like we're, we're kindred spirits and come from similar backgrounds. But uh, your song, Black Sheep, um, I felt like the black sheep of my family for a very long time. And, and I was obvious, maybe I felt like the black sheep of my re Christian recovery circle because, you know, oh, I'm there with the secular musicians and stuff like that. But let's talk about the message behind that song and... Uh, you know what you're you you know we wrote that song over zoom it's just it's for the rock and roll fans who and most of i feel like most rock fans tend to be black sheep so it was a thank you letter it was just like an acknowledgement of them and that they're like our family you know they're they're fans but um there's more of an intimacy there you know it's not like a it, I don't know. There's something very special about the rock community where it feels familial. Yeah, so we wrote much. that for them as a thank you. Like, I'm so excited to be going, you know, this weekend to Sonic Temple Festival because it's like I reunite with a lot of uh, friends in the industry and um, that feel like family. It feels like going away for me on a spiritual retreat, you know? Um, yep. Mm -hmm. I don't have any of the temptations to do the the stuff I used to do that would I wouldn't remember the weekend, you know. Now right. it's just like I remember the conversations and the connections and stuff like that. So I look forward to uh, building on those, you know. And yeah, um, I know what you're saying. Every time I go on a trip or on a tour or you know, I fly out for a festival, I I know I'm going on assignment for something. There's someone that I end up crossing paths with that needs prayer or something, a word of encouragement or um, acknowledgement that God sees them. And so it's like, it's bigger than just the music. And I, every yeah. time I go out, I'm like, all right, Lord, you know, I know I'm going on assignment here and I know we're going to be playing a show and I, I do the prayers and I invite God in and I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit, just, you know, use me as your vessel. Um, and, and, God will use people that are not perfect. Uh, the messed up people make the best underdogs and the best testimonies. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I'm just like, give my life purpose, use me, because otherwise, what's the point of me being here, right? So yeah. when I go out to these festivals, I try to I try to make myself available for that that nudge. Nice. Well, I uh, I I might have a, a proposition for you before we wrap up this interview. Um, okay. For this weekend. But I wanted to, I've noticed in the video too, and I'm going to wrap into that, but uh, uh, you're doing that you have a b background in boxing. Right. And uh, <laughs> like what uh, kind of like inspired you to get into boxing and um, like what have you like, uh, you know, how have you felt it's benefited you like physically and mentally? I've taken a break from it, but I do love it. Um, I've done it on and off for years. It's just, it's a, I like learning skills and I just wanted to be a badass and get in shape and um, it, it makes you stronger. So somehow it made its way into a music video 
because it's genuine to what I do and who I am and I like it. So it felt organic and genuine and it made sense to put it in a music video, but um, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. So that's good. I like to push myself when yeah. I can, but it's also good sometimes to not push yourself and know when to do self care and rest, pray, oh, yeah. meditate, self care, rest, you know, in the, the seasons in between your grind and then there's resting and recovering and learning and, you know, absorbing knowledge. That's when I'll like read my Bible or um, just kind of learn from sermons and things like that. And that gives me the stuff to write about in my music. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I'm still trying to learn that balance because sometimes it's like I'll be running with a, a group that's like, go, go, go. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, I got a reminder like you mentioned sleeping in the in, in the vans we you know you don't can't do that anymore i just did a cross-country trip to connect with a bunch of old navy uh friends down in dallas and i'm up here in cleveland ohio you know and driving down there i stayed on a buddy's couch in nashville that i met oh, through the recovery rooms and then uh one night in between nashville and and dallas i slept in a walmart parking lot in my car and i was like that's rough. right yep Yep. I'm not young anymore. I can't do that. But uh, <laughs> the the one thing I wanted to uh, talk about why I asked you about the boxing is because my youngest daughter and, and myself, we both do jujitsu and we got into that. And, um, you know, it, for me, it's definitely helped me a lot with, uh, you know, my also with my self-confidence and, um, you know, my mental health, physical health, but watching my daughter's self-confidence as she's progressed in it um has been awesome you know it puts me more at peace like okay she can handle herself and stuff but she's actually coming with me this weekend to the festival and hopefully we can maybe arrange something where we can kind of connect because oh uh, that'd be great that'd be awesome yeah i know, I know it does give you more confidence i've noticed when i when i'm more active in that um in muay thai and boxing i i walk differently i carry myself differently you know knowing yeah. you feel strong yeah. Yeah. So it's been awesome to be on that journey with her doing uh, doing this. And uh, like I said, uh, we our mutual friend, uh, Matt Pinfield. Um, I've already you know talked with him and we're going to connect so he can meet my 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 daughter. So hopefully we can uh, make something happen where you can meet her as well. I love uh, Matt. I love Matt. He's good people. Yeah, I would I mean, love we to could meet your pray daughter together, and... too. That'd be nice. That'd be really that'd be really nice. I um. I like to do that, especially before we go on stage. It's it's good. Um, but I have another interview I have to get to. And I will, yeah, reach out to whoever you're talking to and we'll make it happen. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, we kind of, I guess we went where we were supposed to go, but looking forward to meeting you this weekend. And uh, real quick, before I let you go, could you do me one last favor? Sure. Just cut a promo ID for the show. Just introduce yourself and you're listening to today's boondoggle. Yep. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dorothy, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle. Awesome. All right, Dorothy, thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to yes. uh, connecting with you this weekend. God bless you, and thank you again for your service. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. -bye. bye.